Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, and the very next day, you gave it away. I really dislike how people shit on Mariah Carey for ruining Christmas. She's an angel. I mean, she could sing songs without having to say words. Just, ah. However, there is no need to have All I Want for Christmas is You covered by every single Christmas band, performer, what have you. And where are you, Christmas? Could go straight to hell. Alina! Dave. I challenge you to a friendly game of prose. Yes. Just a great Christmas telling of stories. Guys, we're telling Christmas stories. We're back. We had to take a weird hiatus because of my life. Adding, I got to get that shit back together. And I did. And here we are. We're back. We all contributed. And <laughs> we really, really wanted to write a Christmas story. We're actually going to put this up to a vote online. If you guys would like to vote who you think's better story is it doesn't count to the current score which i think we've released what what the hell do we say we're gonna do um, i think we're, really, we're releasing all nine at once yes yeah we're re-releasing um the other nine episodes then it's five to four at that point i believe so yes no no ten no ten doesn't exist Ten nope. never existed on the internet it's five to four but you don't know who's winning Shit. So if you want to find out who's winning, you have to listen to the other nine episodes. Listen on Spotify, probably, and other platforms coming soon. Yes. Yes. Obviously, they should be out by now. <laughs> You'll know by now. We'll know by then when this comes out. This is Christmas Day or possibly Christmas Eve. It could go either way. In that window. In that sometime. window of the two days. So our Christmas present to all of you is a new episode, a friendly episode, and promising that we're finishing the season and we will have a winner. I guess from says you, I'm going first. <laughs> yes. Yes, cuz I believe the last episode we did, I went first. So It doesn't matter. We're going to let Dave go first so that I can drink a little bit more before I go. <laughs> I'm so glad we wrote Christmas stories. Yeah, man. I, I'm a big fan of Christmas in general. I like the holiday season. I, I hate love Christmas. It. Mm, what we do, because we made the best choices in life, we work in retail. That's on us. But I like that Christmas is you, the gang. That's my best part. That's my favorite part. I mean, I guess you're not the camaraderie. Wrong. I just wish that came about more often, not just like in the winter time where it's snowy and cold. Like I want to do this in the summer. We can be outside and drink instead of inside drinking. Yeah, could, the, like, the cold could f off. Yeah, man. like we could put the TV. The cold out. could fuck off. What am I effing for? <laughs> we could put the TVs like outside on my back porch and play PlayStation out there. Like that would be really cool. Yeah, Weirton, West Virginia, got dumped on the other day, like three inches of snow in the matter of in like fifteen minutes. But yeah, I uh, well, I guess what I wrote here is a Christmas ghost story. And I always like they put in the what's I don't know what the Christmas song is like scary ghost stories of tales long ago. Very Charles Dickens. Kinda. <laughs> it's kind of a lot of David things. David Dickens. <laughs> um and I'm excited because if this releases for episode ten, this acts as a prequel for one of those characters. Because oh. that's set in the same universe. Okay, all right, all right, all right. All right, whenever uh whenever you're ready, Dave. Alrighty. I'm ready for you. Let's jump into this. Kinda. Not really though. I've made mistakes in my life. Who hasn't? Some of us learn and write the shit, but others like me continue to barrel down the shit slide of life. Brake and engine light on and all until we crash into an endless pattern of dead-end jobs. 
when we make the same mistakes time and time again like I have, one finds themselves working their 11th job in a row in a 10-month span. Night security at Fort Collins Community Park, situated nicely along the Ohio River in Westerville, west by godforsaken and fucked Virginia. Built as a reconstruction of a 200-plus-year-old fort, the park has hosted the annual Nutcracker Village and Christmas Market, an outdoor mall and display of dozens of life-size nutcrackers crafted by the Cregan Toy Company. On another depressingly typical Christmas Eve, through the miracle of my five-inch window to the world, Ethan Carter, childhood dickbag neighbor, and Elise Carter-McCoy, a gorgeous young lady who spent three rocky months with an idiot like me, broadcast their dance as Mr. and Mrs. Carter, or Mr. and Mrs. Carter-McCoy, you know, whatever, they've got it figured out, consummate their display of matrimony to friends and family with a choreographed dance to your song a la Moulin Rouge. As Ethan scoops Elise into his arms, the feed pans to the egg-shaped dome of Gregson, in various states of mind. Charlie, come out! Hey, buddy, who cares if you weren't actually invited? I've got a plus one, a hotel room open, room not guaranteed. But hey, you're a resourceful guy. Get down here, eggnog dude! As Gregson yells through the live feed, a low, disappointed mumble catches my ear. Charlie... Looking up from my phone, I'm locked into the humorless stare of my supervisor, Ron, decked out in his signature Carhartt and can of Mountain Dew ice, his squared features beaming down on the enemy of the holiday retail experience. You're on your phone again. Respectfully obeying the low-level title of authority, I relent. Sorry, Ron. Friend of mine was getting married tonight. You know, I was sort of trying to be there, uh, and maybe if. It's Christmas Eve, Charlie. You know everyone else here has family. Try not to take that personal. I click the My Face app off, sliding my phone back into my pocket. Yeah, sorry. Forgot about that. Half smiling, I walk past Ron. He regards me with an appreciative thumbs up. As the kiosk covered a Christmas view close and employees begin to filter out the front gates, two hands clap on my shoulders. Turning around, there's Frank, a well-mannered old man about 70 beaming at me, a fellow employee. How you doing tonight, partner? Ah, well, Frank, it's Christmas. Frank laughs, picking up on the thrill in my voice. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. So, uh, what does Charlie have planned for Christmas? You know, my, I try to keep it quiet, hang out with my friends here. I give a nutcracker made up to look like Dean Martin a playful jab to the cheek. Oh, don't you have family? I hesitate. Something I usually keep under my hat is my mom trying to burn her house down when I was 11 with me inside. Oh, yeah, and dad? Well, he let her rot in a hospital for most of her life after that, so it's a bit awkward to bring up in conversation, so I keep it as short and sweet as possible. Ah, uh, you know, mom died a few years ago, and dad... <laughs> well, who needs dad anymore, right? Well, hey, that makes two of us. My last brother and family member passed on 15 years ago today. Frank, I'm sorry. Dismissing my condolences with a shake of his hand and a smile. Bah! <laughs> Nothing to worry about. I'm gonna see him soon anyhow. Frank stoically looks on at a nutcracker painted as a Victorian Santa Claus, situated at the front of the park entrance next to the Cregan's family memorial fountain, with a three-tiered catch pools cascading water feature shut down for the season. Frank begins to stare curiously at a commotion just outside the gate. Following his stare... A familiar face shouting propaganda in the form of horribly thought-out beat poetry to annoyed employees and guests. Who? Well, speak for the trees! I mean, they stand tall! Not able to say please. They are trees? 
Trees don't have knees. So please, here, there, please. Dressed in an army green pea coat, Devin Cross, who from what I've gathered seems to have taken up the mantle as the town's activist hobo this evening. It's kind of hard to tell what her deal is. Usually trouble, but it's generally entertaining trouble from her couple of run-ins in the past. Frank gives me a solid slap to the back. <laughs> Looks like you've got your evening off to a great start there, buddy. Have a good night, Charlie. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Frank. Parting ways with Frank, I approach Devin. Noticing me, she smiles, brushing the mop of silver hair out of her face. Ever the showman, she singles me out, jumping off her literal soapbox, slowly approaching. You, man! What do you say for the trees? Can a man such as you, man, speak tree? What would you two have for lunch? Perhaps toast and cheese. Cross, you're scaring the straights. I'm scaring them straight, Charlie. Manically switching gear, she smiles, grabbing me hard by the shoulders. Charlie, what are you doing tonight? Right now? Working? Cool. Whatever. Listen, just, just two seconds. She ushers me to the shopping cart full of costumes, props, and other madness. She pulls out a silver boombox, dropping it into my arms. Okay, all you do is I'll make you hit the button. She jumps back onto her soapbox, taking a minute to get radical composure. Do we breathe the trees? Or do trees breathe us? Trees breathe in, we breathe in. We breathe out, trees breathe out. <laughs> she nods to me. The boombox clicks on. A heavy electronica beat with the enthusiastic chorus of a man singing I Got Big Booty Bitches playing into the night. <laughs> Wildly waving her hands, miming a tape-flipping motion, I take the cue. The tape picks up somewhere in the middle of Seals Kissed by a Rose. As Devin rants onwards in her saga of breathing trees, bemused employees stare at her. Then at me, with the stupid blue jacket that says security. And they're giving me a look that suggests I should probably do my job right now. Killing the boombox, setting it to the ground. Okay, Lorox, it's time to lift yourself home. I can't quit, Charlie. It's Activism Tuesday, and today is about the pine grove that the Cregan family built their factory on, and subsequently, these pine-scented stumps. She kicks a silver tin man nutcracker with a little too much force, knocking it into my arms. Yeah, well, Devin, activism shuts down at nine on Christmas Eve tonight. Staying the tin man back up in place, I politely place the boombox back into her hobo trolley, bid her good evening, and close the gates. Locking the bolt, I lift my head back up, now face to face with Devin. So, what you doing for Christmas? She puts her head between the bars. Brown eyes darting around excitedly smiling, and not in a charming way, but in this way that says, you know, I've got a bad idea, and I'm going to make you deal with it. You know, I, I thought, seeing how you, you don't really have any friends, it seems, maybe you and I could have a nutcracker Christmas here together. I'm good, dude. Yeah, well, here's the thing, bud. You don't have a choice. The park may be closed, but the sidewalk isn't. I'm bored with Westerville, Charlie. You gotta stay sharp at a place like this. Complacency is a son of a bitch, and I'm going into the new decade with an accomplishment a day. And you're not ruining Activism Tuesday or killing any more trees on my watch. So, cheer up, Charlie. I'll be here all night. I leave her singing and head off to do a scan of the park for any rogue employees. Walking down the now dark light tunnel... The residents of Nutcracker Village start to feel unsettlingly alive. Not moving, but just this odd sense that the damn things are sizing you up. Something sinister. Off in the distance, a sharp crack. Followed by the sound of creaking wood, 
then a beat. Crack. Creak. Repeat. The sound grows louder, as even more join into the creaking cacophony. Out in the middle of the frozen pond, I see a naked figure in the distance. An old man, smiling, waiting patiently for something. It's Frank. From out of the small thicket of trees, six slumbering nutcrackers emerge out of the dark, their eyes glowing bright amber. Three, the ten-man scarecrow and cowardly lion line up on one side, and on the other, Sherlock Holmes, David Bowie, and Abraham Lincoln. Their legs and arms extend out, revealing amber crystal limbs that hang awkwardly, way too long for their wood exterior. Something draws their attention. Another appears. The Victorian Santa approaches, one arm dragging behind it. It looks down on Frank. Opening its mouth, a molten-like substance, the same amber color, begins to pour out, forming a pool that Frank calmly steps into. Staring at his feet, the amber goop begins to run up his legs, his back, and then congealing together until he's completely covered. In a brilliant flash of light, the substance hardens, cracks, and shatters, turning to a fine wisp of dust that absorbs into the Victorian Santa. Without thinking, and, of course, at the worst moment of perfect silence, my terrified, what the fuck, alerts the Tin Man. And with a violent thrust, the Tin Man falls into all fours, its mouth forming into a set of amber teeth, and like a wild animal, it catches sight of me and charges. Cheesing it, I trip backwards, the snow giving me no traction as I struggle in vain to get back to my feet. The Tin Man leaps into the air, rearing down on me, but is met with a hard punch to the chest by Devon Cross, whose right arm starts to war and grind as it transmute into a doubled helix drill, shredding the arm of her jacket and digging into the Tin Man's chest. The drill charges and launches the Tin Man like a rag doll, which crashes at the feet of the others, who stare emotionally at us. Devon waves her arms in the air, pleading, Listen, listen, hey, before you say anything, he's an idiot. I mean, he's my friend, but but he, he he's an idiot. I mean, he didn't mean to intrude on whatever this is, but I'm just going to collect him and we'll be on our way. Hey, hey get up, dude. It's going to be a dong in the badong if we don't peace now. What are those, dude? She looks like I'm supposed to be on the same page as she is. They're my activism Tuesday. When Cregan tore down the Pine Grove, they forgot to knock to see if anyone was home. Aliens? Again. Another look of dumbfounded shock that I'm not privy to her world. Do you know anything about your planet's fauna? <laughs> Obviously not. And what do you know about aliens? How many aliens have you seen, huh? Yeah, thought so. As we turn to make a hasty exit, we find ourselves surrounded by an army of nutcrackers who begins encircling us, slowly lumbering towards us, closing in. Suddenly, they come to a clattering stop, parting ways to make way for the Victorian Santa. Now towering over us, the Santa wheels its head around to the waiting crowd, then back to us. Opening its mouth, the amber crystals inside begin to take form, shaping itself into the visage of Frank, who smiles warmly and winks. The mouth closes. The brigade of nutcrackers consider us and then begin to disperse, the amber limbs retreating back into the wooden frames, snapping themselves back together perfectly in their original positions throughout the park. Devon looks at her ruined jacket, the right sleeve in complete tatters, Trilling her lips, annoyed. Balls. I really like this coat. I don't know where to begin. Nonplussed, I just shake my head. Smiling at Devin, who smiles back, letting out a charming little pity laugh. But she gets it. 
She reads something in my expression that says I'm not really wanting to talk about the Santee Nutcrackers or what Frank was doing naked on a frozen pond or why I have a friend who's all of a sudden part cyborg now. Just a lot of new information process for one night. Walking out, I put my jacket, flashlight, and ID badge in a neat little pile for Ron to find in the morning. Time to look for job number 12, I guess. After tonight, some company feels needed. Devin and I plan out Chinese food, something surprisingly foreign to her, and an introduction to the world of Red Dwarf. She's alright. I like her, admittedly. She did save my life. And I've never been almost eaten by anything before, and that's an experience I never knew I needed to live. As we go to leave, the plaque on the Cregan Memorial Fountain catches my eye. On it, embossed portraits of Reed Cregan, founder and patriarch of Cregan Family Toys, his wife, and five children. The youngest reads, R.I.P. Franklin S. Cregan, born October 1960, died December 2016. That was so good! Oh my god! (laughs) I am not fucking kidding you. The images of the fucking life-size nutcrackers coming at you with these like elongated amber limbs that was fucking terrifying this this is this is not a good drawing but i had to draw it out to like even kind of explain it to myself oh my god that's terrifying (laughs) it's like if you had it's like the five nights at freddy's nutcracker version yes 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 oh my god that's fucking i don't know why i didn't think of that in the first place (laughs) that is so good like when you started talking about like when you were talking about the nutcracker village and stuff i was like oh wow what a good what a good like place to like have a story. Yeah, the, the Nutcracker Village is an actual yearly thing they do in Steubenville, Ohio. Which I've actually never been. I actually should probably go. I want to go this it's year. It's cute. I don't it, know it's, how long it's up for. I, I think actually through January. I think through January. Week, yeah, we'll okay, check it out. Be cool. But yeah, you, you literally, it's a little outdoor park and you walk through and they and they have it set up all over town. They have nutcrackers all over downtown Like life-size nutcrackers. There's like maybe a hundred of them. AKA those nutcrackers could literally crack your actual nuts. They have like the ones I described, they have the Wizard of Oz characters, they have the Rat Pack characters, they have Charlie well, that, Brown. That David Bowie one got stolen yes, a few years ago and it was like yes, huge news, like literally like national news, yeah. the David Bowie nutcracker got stolen cuz I think that was the year he died. And that's actually what kind of like triggered us. Like, I'm going to write a story about the David Bowie Nutcracker. And then it didn't really go anywhere. Then I remembered like uh, I, Charlie, who is kind of like a go-to. It's what I named my video game character. Right. Charlie yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Thanks, I love that. Honestly, that was probably one of my favorite stories we've ever written. I felt it, it, it's. That was so good. It really harkened back to the uh, Christmas specials, like in the original Ghostbusters cartoon. Okay. Yeah. The, and, and the turtles mm-hmm. and all those little like crazy yeah. sci-fi cartoon adventures they yeah. had with a Christmas theme on them. One of my favorites uh, was Ghostbusters. They, they're they driving and they get stuck in a snow squall and they transport back to Victorian-era England and they hear Scrooge all terrified and they go in there and bust the ghosts of past, present, and future and they ruin history so Christmas is canceled forever. All right, let me get my shit together. Let me get my my storytelling voice on definitely did something different good <laughs> it's gonna be a good time though i'm excited your story was great and i think mine's gonna be a good uh compliment slash pal- parallel are you ready <laughs> squeaky couch okay all right and uh this is my christmas special story y'all black friday is not the busiest shopping day of the year it's the saturday before christmas we like to call it hell saturday where i work So, of course, the irony of what actually happened is immense. 
yesterday, the world awoke to Jesus. Turns out, Jesus is a giant who stands in the middle of the Pacific Ocean with glowing yellow eyes. He just appeared overnight, long flowing brown hair, a respectable beard, and a tendency to spout Bible verses that I was incredibly uncomfortable with. He stood head and shoulders out of the ocean, sometimes bringing up his huge hands when he spoke. Five hours after his first appearance, he said, See, the day of the Lord is coming, a cruel day, with wrath and fierce anger. I will put an end to the arrogance of the haughty. Their infants will be dashed to pieces before their eyes. Their houses will be looted and their wives violated. That scared the shit out of me. And as I drove to work, it was all I could think about. That day was the second worst day of my life. I had women screaming at me all day over every little inconvenience they encountered. Sold out of a holiday special a week before Christmas. This place is awful. You don't care about the customer. I work retail too, and the way this place runs is unacceptable. I never complain, but expect me to call corporate to talk about how nasty all of you are. By the end of the night, my store email was filled with customer complaints. I cried on my drive home. AJ came over that night and told me I should call off the next day. He was worried about Jesus and the blessed people, as he called them. Those who seemed to be affected negatively by the second coming. He'd experienced a lot of similar people at his hospital job that day. He felt like everyone that had come out of the chapel had something to complain about. I can't call off the Saturday before Christmas, and I have to close, remember? No one's going to switch me that shift. AJ said he'd stop by on his break to see how I was doing. I thought that was pretty cute, and I told him that I would love that. After I went to bed, Jesus spoke to the world again. And if ye will not for all this hearken unto me, but walk contrary unto me, then I will walk contrary unto you also in fury. And I, even I, will chastise you seven times for your sins, and ye shall eat the flesh of your sons, and the flesh of your daughters shall ye eat. I listened to this on the radio on my way into work, wearing my favorite ugly Christmas sweater, the one with cute goats on it. It was 3 p.m. December 21st. This day was worse than the last. The majority of people who came into the store left unhappy and raving. There were a few customers who told me in whispers that they felt sorry for how we were being treated and how awful people had been acting since Jesus had arrived. This made me feel a little better. AJ arrived during my lunch and brought me food and coffee. It was 7 p.m. Jesus spoke once more. O oh, daughter Babylon, you devastator, happy shall they be who pay you back for what you have done to us. Happy shall they be who take your little ones and dash them against the rock. It was 7.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I heard a blood-curling scream. I dropped the coffee AJ had brought me and ran towards the scream. I could hear him following close behind. At the front of the store, I saw my pregnant employee laying on the ground, a woman on top of her with a pair of scissors, stabbing her in the stomach over and over. AJ ran past me and tackled the woman to the ground. Screams erupted. 
I watched in horror as customers attacked employees with fatal intentions. I even saw several employees attacking others. The bright lights of the store became spattered with blood, casting eerie red shadows over our displays. A woman grabbed me by the hair and smashed my face off of the cosmetic counter. I felt warm blood run down my hairline. I grabbed a sharpened pencil from the counter and stabbed her in the neck, then kicked her as far away as I could. AJ was still wrestling with the scissor woman. He took the scissors into his own hands and stabbed her repeatedly. I wiped the blood from my eyes and stumbled toward the front door. Just before I made it there, a woman tried to force her way in, screaming obscenities and calling me a whore of Babylon. I kicked her back and locked the front door. My store quickly became something like bloodbath and bodyworks. An hour later, I was sitting behind the cash wrap, tying the injured up with duct tape. The floors were covered in blood. We did not have enough wet floor caution signs. How many incident reports should I file? Is it worth it at this point? I decided to turn off the store's regulated pop Christmas music. I just couldn't stand it anymore. The juxtaposition between the happy holiday tunes and the bodies of employees and customers strewn about made me sick. AJ brought me another cup of coffee, black, from our salon department. We could hear the blessed singing Christmas hymns softly outside. It was eerie. We stood behind the huge front windows as the parking lot began to fill with more murderous people. I pulled down all the blinds so that we couldn't watch as more arrived, but we could all hear the volume of the hymns continuing to grow. AJ held me tightly. We were hidden away in the esthetician's pod. I was trying to formulate a plan to get the rest of the survivors to safety. There was an apartment complex and bar nearby. I wondered which one would be safer to retreat to. Would the bar be a haven for heathens like us, or would it be more like a hunting ground? AJ told me how he'd protect me no matter what, and he loved me. I was the only one for him, no matter what happened. The corporate regulated Christmas playlist turned back on loudly, drowning out the singing from outside. We'd been hearing this pop Christmas garbage for a month, but honestly, I couldn't decide which was worse to hear. AJ and I got up and went to the back room to see who had turned it up. It was the fellow manager. She was hysterical. I can't listen to them anymore. What's going on? I hate it. I want to leave. My dogs are at home. I want to know if they're okay. (laughs) I tried to calm her down and begin making a hot chocolate for her. While I was heating up the Keurig, I heard one of our cashiers start screaming, telling us to turn off the fucking pop Christmas music. It's worse than the singing outside. It was driving her crazy. The manager who turned the music up started screaming back. She didn't want to hear those crazy people outside. At this point, we had been stuck in the store for five hours and tensions were palpably high. The two started fighting over the volume of the music, throwing fists and pulling hair. The rest of the survivors began coming into the back room to see why the music kept getting louder and quieter, louder and quieter. I stood there, not knowing what to do. I am not immediately great in high emotional confrontations. The rest of the team started trying to pull them apart. AJ stepped in as well, trying to mediate the situation. I was so in love with him at that moment. Unfortunately, that moment was incredibly fleeting. There was a loud crash from right outside the back room and then blood-curling screams. The blessed had gotten in through the roof and were pouring into the store, specifically into the back room where we all were, and there was only one way out, the back door, 
that could only be opened with the manager's key. Before I knew it, the group was being slaughtered with anything the blessed could get their hands on. Mascara wands were stabbed through eyes. Dryers were used as hammers to bash in heads. Strangulation with hot tool cords. Perfume bottles were being shattered on the heads and faces of people I had known for years. The floor was wet and sticky with blood and viscera of retail workers and customers alike. AJ looked at me. The horde was descending on us. He took me by the shoulders and looked deeply into my eyes. I could see the pain and terror and inevitability in his own beautiful hazel eyes, ones that were the same color as mine. His face grew grave, and then he threw me towards the massacre and bolted for the back door. I smashed my head off of one of our rolling metal storage units. My previous head injury reopened and spilled fresh blood down my forehead. I used my momentum and put all my weight onto the metal unit, getting it to fall on top of the nearest blast, saving me a precious moment to crawl my way up a ladder into the loft storage space above the office. I kicked the ladder down onto more of them, enjoying the crunch their skulls made under the weight. I could see AJ at the back door, trying desperately to open it. He didn't know you needed keys to open it, the keys that I had hanging off of my brush belt. I watched him as he was swarmed, plastic utensils from the break table being used to stab him over and over again. He was calling for his mom. Some blessed had grabbed the heat gun we used to shrink wrap and was putting it directly on his face. They were screaming that he was a heathen, a filthy sinner, not worthy of the life God and Jesus had blessed us with. I looked away until his screams and gurgles stopped. There were a little over a dozen blessed still left after the blood settled, all staring up at me with their righteous eyes. I was the only survivor now. I began to think of a plan. We had a bunch of huge slats of ceiling tile in the loft because we were constantly having to replace a certain section that always got water damage. If I could throw some tiles down, make a path, use like one big tile for a shield, and then open the back door, I could get out. I began looking for the best pieces. But then I heard a strange rumbling, almost like a deep earthquake. The blast turned in unison and formed a single file line right out the back room door towards the front of the store. I stood, awestruck. Was this a trap? I waited until I couldn't hear the footsteps anymore, then made for the back door, jumping recklessly from the loft. I stepped over AJ's dismembered, mutilated body. What an asshole. (laughs) I put my key in the door and opened it quietly. I slipped out back, then shut the door just as quietly. I turned around, looking into the small patch of woods that ran parallel to the shopping center. I froze. Just past the tree line, I saw him. Baphomet. He stood seven feet tall, with the chest and arms of Terry Crews, wrapped in leather. He had enormous black furry goat legs and a goat head that had long, black, twisting horns. His eyes burned red with a fire deep inside him. I could just spot the wings tucked neatly away. Their God is talking to them. Your God is now talking to you. I looked down at my goat sweater and smiled. So you're the devil? Call me Kevin. His lips weren't moving, but I could hear him clearly. I will take you safely to the bar. We need you. Follow me.
and I did. The end. <laughs> I kind of wanted a nice little goofy comedy twist at the end. Nope. <laughs> we need a third for beer pong. <laughs> nope. Mm-mm. That um oh dude that that was great. That was very very um like indie Japanese movies like start with this like really just absurd concept like <laughs> <laughs> that's by far my favorite thing that you've ever written like, just, I mean, no, uh, you you had other better stories but just that idea of like a gigantic Jesus in the ocean I saw it so vividly and it was so fun and whenever you stopped talking about it I was like okay you need to get off for the big Jesus Dave like, like I wanted more like it's <laughs> Well, that was the funniest thing. So, like, today when I, like, redid my ending, so my original ending was actually just the protagonist escaping into the Mm -hmm. woods. But then I had this crazy thought, like, wait, if Jesus is there, why isn't the devil there? And, like, why not? Like, fuck it. There's an enormous, like, kaiju Jesus in the fucking Pacific Ocean. Like, why can't there be a normal Kevin Baphomet, like, trying to get people together? Okay, I, I really need to ask, where was your mind when you were writing this? Like, what what, what did you pull from to form this? Because uh, it was very interesting. Uh, work. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> one of the things I love about some of the other episodes we've done is that the stories are different, but there's always, like, this one little thread. And I like that they're both kind of, like irritated blue collar people Mm -hmm. that that's that's always fun Um, yes uh so i I like that you were seeing the story through the eyes of kind of like an everyman in both stories that's Mm -hmm. fun yeah but like where did everything else come from well i wanted to do like a take on how i felt during the holiday season like being taken advantage of by customers like being (laughs) literally like stepped on being like treated like shit like we always make the joke that sundays are the worst days because you like go to church and then you just feel like you can treat people like shit no sundays are the day when jesus rises out of the ocean right yeah yeah (laughs) that's how Um, that feels and I had like a whole backstory. Like I always write, uh, I always write a Bible to the stories I write mm-hmm. first, yeah. just so I could have like the thing. So the people that were affected were the people that were actively Christian, Catholic, evangelical. Like the people that like took that seriously were affected by kaiju jesus's crazy ass like shit and actually all of those quotes that i i i had that jesus said were all real in the bible so yeah that was a crazy visual yeah (laughs) it's right Um, it's like oh where's this going yeah so uh and then you know the whole thing about you know when you work retail and you work these blue collar jobs like the protagonist couldn't take that night off there was no way in hell like, it just wasn't going to happen. And doesn't it suck that something, like, inexplicably crazy in real life could happen like that, and we would still have to go to work, yeah. and everybody would still be, like, concerned about their own typical bullshit? Yeah, exactly. That upsets me sometimes. Yeah, like, I like, honestly there's believe- some, There's if, some, like, some tremendous shit happening right, right? now. <laughs> like, I honestly believe if a kaiju Jesus came out of the ocean, I would still have to go to work. Like, that is 100% what would happen. And so, like, I wanted it that. And then, of course, I wanted, like, the tragic, like, love story of, 
Like that, like that was the other ending like, in a piece. very Alina way. Yeah, like it was like, oh my gosh, like you're in love with this guy, like he's in love with you, it's adorable, blah blah blah. Oh my god, fuck you, getting sent to the zombies, and then obviously like being an idiot and getting killed because of it. And I like the um, and I, I don't know if you mentioned this, but I, I really liked it, where I linked to it was uh, the mist. Yes, yeah, 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 One of yeah, my yeah. favorite movies. That actually was a huge influence. Stuck in the story, yeah. yeah. That was a huge influence on uh, on the story as well. That actually was like one of the first things that came to mind was like a missed situation, like being stuck in the store and just like not knowing what to do. But then, like I said, at the end, I love like satanic shit. I love the satanic temple. Like I'm a big part of it. and And I always am fascinated by a different perspective of Satan being the good guy or at least like the not maybe the good guy but just the guy with common sense like why would adam and eve be living in ignorance for the rest of their lives just if they're comfortable like if they want this knowledge like why shouldn't they have Mm -hmm. it like that's unfair to not give it to them and then just let them be basically like animals in a zoo for god and you know there was like a story about you know jesus starving at one point in his Jesusness. Sorry, I've never read the Bible. <laughs> can't lie. But like the devil comes up and is like, hey, you want some food? And like, what if it's just that simple? Like, what if there's no motive behind that? Like, what if he's just like, hey, are you hungry? Like, you're like starving. Like, that's weird. You're like God's son. Why are you starving? Like, you want some bread? <laughs> so I love that. I love that interpretation of yeah, the devil. It, it's almost kind of like the good Jesus thought he was doing is vanity. Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I, I, do, I do like when you um, when you unpack that and look deeper into it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I loved uh, Good Omens. Yeah. The relationship yeah, yeah. between Azriel and um, sorry, Gabriel? No, 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 no. Doesn't matter. Michael Sheen's character. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. So I just wanted to be go crazy. Yeah, that, that, and then <laughs> that was like actually. You did. The. <laughs> The end when he said his name was Kevin was a very last minute addition. Yeah, can you can you just no? no. <laughs> there were a lot. There were two turns in it. You had you were dealing with gargantuan Jesus, mm-hmm. Kaiju Jesus. Yeah, and then we went to the 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 retail store slaughter. Mm-hmm. Explain what happened in the end. Like what what was unpack the ending. Like of AJ getting murdered. No no no. With the devil. Like the devil is actually the good guy. And and what was his last line again? Um. He said, like, his his first in line, like, the best line is because, uh, like, the blessed were, like, filing out randomly, mm-hmm. but it's because Jesus was saying something else, and they were, like, going towards that, and they were, like, following that, like, the oh, Jesus. Okay. But, like, the protagonist couldn't understand, couldn't hear it, because she wasn't a part of that, right? Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Right, yeah. So that's how she got out, like, escaped quickly because they suddenly just, like, walked off. And so when she went outside, that's, like, what it meant when uh, Bat- or Kevin was, like, their God is talking to them and your God is talking to you now. Let's go to the bar. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. And, like, that was, like, the <laughs> with the, the goat sweater. Actually, like, to imagine Terry Crews as Kevin in the end is a very fun, warm ending right, to yeah. that. It's kind of like, yeah, <laughs> so I'm too. going to the bar with you, Terry Crews. Terry, like, Kevin Crews. Like, for those of you that have seen the, um, the Witch, imagine the ending of that with just that character, the devil character, the ending, Terry Crews. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was just going to be that line about, like, I, like 
their God is talking to them, your God is talking to you now, and then they were going to go. But then just honestly, super randomly, I was like, oh, you're the devil, because obviously the protagonist is me. Like, I just Mm -hmm. wrote it as me at work, right? So I'm like thinking in my head, like, if I were, if this was me, and that, and I saw this, and he was talking to me like this, how would I react in all reality? And I'd be like, oh, you're the devil, cool. Yeah, yeah, you can call me Kevin. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, all about this. And then it like humanizes, like, you know, the devil too. Yeah. Like, he wants you to call him Kevin. How cool is that? Right? Oh, what then- a- <laughs> One of my favorite characters is the humanization of death in Bill and Ted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like- and the bar that they go to is Downey House. Like, they go over to Downey House. So I thought, House. actually, yeah. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, like yeah In yeah. my mind, I, knew, I, could, I could see everything vividly because I know that, that that area in Robinson very well. So I saw everything absolutely for what it was. And I was thinking yeah. of Downey House. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. It's like, do we go to the Ridge Apartments across the street or do we go to Downey House? I cannot get over how scary... Like, life-size nutcrackers are already scary, and I've always thought that. Like, when I first mm. learned about that nutcracker village, I'm like... But what if they came to life and, like, cracked my skull in their huge, enormous nutcracker jaws? That's fucking terrifying. Like, I've always thought that. Like, not kidding. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know me. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely thought it. So, like, when you went there, I was like, this is terrifying. And obviously, I mean, I would have loved a scene with someone's head getting cracked by a nutcracker. That would have been real cool. But that's just my morbid bullshit that I just want to like. How I saw that happening is that Charlie kind of stumbles upon like deer crossing the road. Right, just a natural yeah, thing happening. Yeah, yeah, I know. But. And, 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 and if, if you didn't catch it, that, that was like Frank was a ghost and that yeah. was his ghost passing on into another weird existential form oh, beyond that. But yeah, no, and I very much enjoy that character. And, and I like. My, my favorite thing about that was the poems. Oh my god, that was so funny. I was dying. It was so dumb and hilarious. Wait, in that jacket that she has on, is that my jacket? Yeah, Devin My like, army jacket. I kinda that I kind of mashed you and Devin is, I would say, if you stretched yourself like maybe five inches taller, that's kinda how I envisioned her. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make her dirtier. Like she just, just rolled. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, my legs are so hairy right now. Like, I could honestly, like, shave them and, like, give them to someone as, like, leggings. That's And that's the it's, kind of girl I imagine Devin as. Yeah. <laughs> my legs are nasty. She, she was fun to uh to get in that story. I showed this guy my tattoo on my leg, and I was just straight up like, dude, my leg hair is, like, an inch long. <laughs> dude, your story was so good. It was awesome. Yeah, it, it was. Like, it it was, was so entertaining. This is a great. It's a great Christmas. Special. Yeah, yeah. Like when you started talking about strength. like the fucking <laughs> them come back to life, I was like losing my damn mind. <laughs> and the funny thing about listening to your story, there's a movie that where just something crazy like a Jesus out of a sea happened, but you just had to kind of like the meat of the movie be this story that happened over here in you know Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And it's going to happen on the outskirts of the big events. Yeah, it, it, it just, there was something like just really striking in my mind when I envisioned those nutcrackers being something that is inheriting that. And they just kind of crack out and like have the dragging limbs and everything. And that sound. Maybe maybe when we're feeling a little bit froggy, we do some audio recordings of some of those stories. Because, yeah, I would really like to hear, like, you know, figure out Ooh. what that like walking sound That'd actually be really creepy. sounds like. Yeah. We could even just get some nutcrackers, like regular sized nutcrackers, and just. 
for the noises. That was awesome. I had such a good time. I wanted, well, you know, I love, uh, you know, we talked about Ari Aster. You were saying, like, you know, some parts of your story, like with the naked yeah. Frank, <laughs> like that was very Ari Aster. And that's how I felt about my story, like midsummer wise, was like the breakup yeah, definitely, story, like, you know? Yeah, the, uh, the villains, like the mob. Yeah. They were very Ari Aster villains. Well, and uh, the breakup between mm-hmm. like the breakup in the nonsense it's like oh yeah these people love the, each other they're made for each other like he loves her like blah 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 blah. oh wait no never mind what was brilliant about yours is that you had it in that ariastra sense like we said but when with his movies they always start with this shockingly horrific twist in the first five minutes mm-hmm. and the rest of the movie just like yeah you got to process that for about an hour and a half have fun but I like that you kind of did the same thing, but with that, the Jesus yeah. instead. And, mm-hmm. um, and that was fun. And then you get grounded in the actual story. Mm-hmm. Y- you you presented a world that I wanted to know more about. Yeah. For sure. I, I, like, I, like I said, The Mist was probably my first. I mean, I wanted my biggest inspiration was just working through this year's Christmas, which you guys, I'm going to be totally honest with you. This has been the worst Christmas the worst retail Christmas I've ever experienced. It's been a dong in the badong for sure. Like, I usually don't mind Christmas time because people are shopping for other people and I'm just there to give them like suggestions and show them what deals are on and whatever, blah, blah, blah. This Christmas, I have never experienced so many people shopping for themselves and being so particular about what they want and when they want it and how they want it. Like, I've never experienced this before. I've never experienced so many people mad at me over arbitrary bullshit that I have no control over. Like, it was, like, I'm not, it was emotionally draining. I mean, I don't know how many of you listening work in with the general public, and I don't mind totally, but this Christmas was literally the worst. Like, I felt, even today after work, I felt... Like, I didn't want to do anything. Like, I didn't want to see another person. Like, I'm so glad it's just me, Dave, and Kristen here because I don't even know if I could deal with, like, two other people here right now. It was so draining. And so that was my first inspiration was just the the emotional, mental, physical drain that I get. And when you think about it, when you look at, like, a lot of big Christmas movies, like uh, Christmas Carol, It's a Wonderful Life, um... All those deal with people like struggling to be happy at Christmas yeah. because the world is shit to yeah, them. Like they're exactly. go they're going through something. Yeah. And that's why I get so angry when people's like, it's Christmas, cheer up. No. Christmas is is like is the culmination of the year and, and and for like it's changed over our lifetime. Like, you know, we had our family and that was Christmas. And now like you and I are adults. And now it's like, <laughs> I've lost my dad. And that's something you kind of right, deal with yeah. there. And there's so much you want to deal with. So you need to really watch it when you're yeah. out there. Well, that Don't was, treat people like, you know. It takes zero dollars yeah. to treat retail people nicely. Yes. Zero dollars, you fuckers. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and <laughs> no, no, but I don't believe, honestly, I don't believe anyone <laughs> listening to us would ever treat someone like that. We love you all. Um, but there may be a couple saying, get over it. 
That's your job. Your job is to is to have that shitty job. Okay, boomer. I don't like that too much. I do. I love it. I don't care. But okay, so so that was just like me being treated like shit was my first inspiration, inspiration, and then my second was I was thinking about that while watching the sun go down at like 4 p.m. outside oh, of all the hmm. windows. And I was like, dude, this fucking reminds me of The Mist. Like when they just had all these windows and they just watched as like crazy Lovecraftian Cthulhu bullshit just like appeared. I was like, well, that would be kind of cool. I could see that happening here. And then I just like, like open the floodgates. Yeah, I, I really like the locations of both of her stories. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. That was awesome because mm. I could like see yours and you could see mine. <laughs> These two stories happened a half an hour from each other. Yeah. So Nutcrackers in Ohio, <laughs> G- Giant Jesus and Kevin Satan or Satan. Is it Kevin Satan or Satan Kevin? Well, Kevin Satan. Satan's no, it the- would be uh, Kevin Devil. Kevin Devil. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Devil. <laughs> Devil Kevin. Is Satan kind of like a Sith given name? I mean, he has a lot of names, but he likes being called Kevin nowadays right now. Like right now, he like really likes Kevin. I like Beazel Boss. Beelzebub. But I wanted him to look Baphomet. Like, I wanted, like, the goat face and the horns and the eyes and the wings. Like, I really needed him to be just as ridiculous Mm -hmm. as Kaiju Jesus. (laughs) But nice. And just, like, mundane as well. Like, I just... I love the juxtaposition. I love the weirdness. I'm about it. No, very well done. Yeah, I'm really happy with both of our stories. And you guys, okay, so... We've been going on and on and on gushing about each other's Christmas stories because they were very good, obviously. But since this is not a traditional episode, this is just like a surprise present, Christmas present to all of you who wanted to hear more Game of Pros. Um, when we, we, we're going to put this up and we're going to have a vote. And we're going to let you guys vote on which story you like the best. So either, oh, wait. Do we have well you don't have we so we never do titles, right? No. I don't really. have a title either. Like I like Christmas special was the title. So if you guys want to vote on who's is best and if you want to comment on what you think the titles would be for our respective episodes, we will pick the best one and we will give you a shout out. I don't know. We're real poor right now. We like can't give anything away. I think the first thing I wrote down about this, I just I put sack cracker or i'm sorry sap cracker oh not my s- god sack cracker <laughs> dave crackers. i will ne- i wish i went back five <laughs> seconds ago to not imagining that so vividly in my brain <laughs> i mean luckily i don't have a sack but okay anyway what were you saying <laughs> I, I was saying sack cracker is what i was saying like the random like other like security guard just gets like tied up and shit he's not prepared for. No, gets I'm, sacrificed I'm not. Sacrificed on accident. I'm, just gets his nuts literally eaten. I'm not done with those characters. They're fun. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I yeah. I, I mean, I I would love to go back with other stories and start doing like sequels and similar universes. And I do really like this one that I have. Yeah, actually, if uh, we have if we have the nine right now, this is kind of Charlie. This is. It's not even a prequel. It's just a chapter. Yeah. And these characters' lives. They don't exist. Don't worry about continuity at this point. Right, exactly. But I am so excited. I thought we... we, That was really fun. I'm really, really happy with how how this turned out. So, yes, we're going to have a vote. If 
we have enough voters, we will actually maybe put it into the uh, the counting of our wins. You know, we're trying out voting online and seeing, you know, who wants to vote who. I'm about that. If we only have like two or three people, we're not counting it. All right, guys. We would still like to know whose you thought was better, even though we both have obviously super mad respect for each of ours. Like I couldn't, I literally could not pick which one's better. At this point, I could not. I love both of them so much. So, you guys, Merry fucking Christmas. Hail Satan. And to all, some good ass dreams. <laughs>